Mr. Elfenbein? Hey, Todd. We figured it out. There's always technical difficulties to start because we use this app about once a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Doing great watching um, watching my Florida Gators play. Um, a miserable season they've been having so far. Yes. Uh, to remind my, my guests, you were on the coaching staff for the 2014 Final Four of Florida Gators. You coach basketball right now, teach young kids, and you know a lot about NBA, and that's why I always bring you on because we're best friends and I love talking basketball with you, Al. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It's always, it's always fun to have a conversation, buddy. So you're living in Atlanta right now. Your team that you're watching the most is the Atlanta Hawks. So you get to watch a lot of Trey Young versus, you know, other good players in the league. And they say Luka Doncic is running away with the Rookie of the Year award, but you get to see Trey Young up close. So what do you see when you get to watch those games? Well, I actually got to see Trey Young play and or beat the Lakers mm-hmm. last night. And I got to tell you, Trey Young is an impressive offensive basketball player with great vision and he's going to be a phenomenal shooter but I struggle with him because he cannot play on one side of the ball at all he cannot play defense and he can't guard anybody so Hawks have to score 130 points in order to beat other teams Um, but let me tell you John Collins and Kevin Herter um, alongside him is actually a pretty fun young core to watch um, they, they play an exciting brand of basketball. The other team that we have to talk about is the Miami Heat. I'm watching right now as we're playing the Mavericks, a fat Dion Waiters, and I haven't watched really any of the Heat games this year because how am I supposed to root for Hassan Whiteside? i got to go to D-Wade's farewell tour. I'm going to go to the Spurs game, but it's tough to watch the Heat right now. Have you been watching us play, or have you not even cared? Oh, the Miami Heat are some of the most – it's the most conflicting team. I've ever I've ever cheered for because like you, I think Hassan Whiteside is one of the worst NBA basketball players. <laughs> um, and I don't think too highly of Dion Waiters fat or not fat. Um, and so they I mean, they play well against good teams and they just absolutely don't show up when they consider a team to be poor or, you know, subpar. Yeah. I think it's interesting what we're trying to do with Justice Winslow. We're trying to turn him into like DeAndre Fox or something on the on the Kings. And I really like the way that Winslow's been playing. So I feel like he's finally starting to break out a little bit. And I think the way they're running him at the point guard is interesting. But something I thought that might be interesting. So you know how there's still the um, different divisions that exist within the Eastern Conference. So the Heat can win the Southeast Division. And still, I wonder, would they even be able to make the playoffs? Do you know if there's a rule that if someone wins their division that they're automatically into the playoffs? So they changed the rule from the division winners being the hosting um, playoff team, seeds one through four. And I think they made it that they get a playoff spot. So I think that they could be the eighth seed and have won a division. Okay. Because when I look at the conference standings, it's like we're still in ninth place. Actually, I think the Hornets might be in the – lead right now but whoever wins that conference like we might end up as a nine seed technically and i wonder what's going to happen if they're technically going to get in the playoffs well only one team from that division is getting in and i mean it's really kind of a bad it's bad basketball i had the misfortune of watching the hornets play the hawks here in atlanta that is and, bad 
And there was um, the, I believe the Hornets were six points shy of setting the all-time record in a single quarter in the first quarter, scoring like 47 points or something. I mean, it was ridiculous. But the Heat Heat really, um, you know, if they win three or four games in a row after the All-Star break, I really think that they'll end up winning the division. Gotcha. So speaking of bad basketball, what team has disappointed you the most this year so far? You mean besides the Miami Heat? Besides the Miami Heat. We already touched on them. (laughs) Um, You know, I really thought that the Kings were going to take a much bigger step than they've taken. Uh, Really? uh, I I did, only because I think De'Aaron Fox is a – you know, an emerging star, but then again, they are, they are above 500. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Rockets have really come around. I guess the new Orleans Pelicans would probably be the one that I just, I really thought would be at least a better team than they are now. And I believe they're behind the Mavericks. Gotcha. In West division. You know, so, the biggest disappointment for me is actually your team that you picked last <laughs> year. I feel like the jazz have been disappointing because they should, in my opinion, the jazz should have beaten the Rockets in the playoffs last year. Ricky Rubio got injured. And I feel like the jazz were such a good team last year that they, you know, aren't even close to being first in their division for what that matters. And it's like, you know, Donovan Mitchell is my most disappointing player. He, people thought he was like the next D Wade and you know what? He's really good, but he hasn't exploded like that this year. I think the jazz have been my biggest disappointment. Sure. And I can understand that. But my dear friend, remember that the Jazz being seven games or something along the lines of that over 500 would put them in the fourth or fifth seed in the East. Instead, you're probably right. They don't even have a – they're probably close to being outside of the playoffs looking in. Gotcha. Well, I mean – I think the East actually is bigger – better than people say, though, because the top teams, the Raptors, the Celtics, the 76ers, like there's some good teams in the East. The Bucs are my biggest surprise team, by the way. I had no idea the Bucs would have the best – you know, winning percentage in the NBA at this point in the year before the All-Star break. Who's your biggest surprise team? Uh, well, you remember last year I called out the Bucks for not making it there, and I really feel like this year they've been incredible. Um, how about Brooklyn? I mean, the Brooklyn yeah. Mets. Like D'Angelo, uh, D'Lo, yeah. which, I mean, the nickname is it's, – it's starting to work for me. But, I mean, they, they're going to make the playoffs. And I don't know <laughs> – I, I mean, they have a great rim protector – Jared Allen's a good player. Went yeah, to Texas, and, good player. And then, you know, D'Lo is a, is a pretty solid guard playing against average guards every night. I mean, lucky him, he gets to play the Wizards and the Cavaliers and the Knicks regularly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and you're talking about the Jazz and poor, poor Donovan Mitchell is guarded by some of the best players in the world every night. Yeah, I agree. I think um, – some of the good basketball I've been watching. I really enjoy watching the Nets. I enjoy watching young teams, as you know. I always love watching young players, so I'm happy with the Nuggets. And then my favorite team to watch this year, I think, is the Thunder. I love watching Paul George. I think Paul George is my favorite player in the NBA right now. And it's funny because when they show the coming, you know, games, like they'll have, you know, Harden's face in the background and Westbrook's face in the background for the ESPN commercial. But Paul George is the best player on the OKC Thunder, and it's probably not even that close. I um, I think you're right, and I think that, Obviously, it's. I would say Coach Donovan has done a great job of running the offense through him, and and I think that that's really led to why they're getting. I mean, they're great right now. That's a fun uh, team to watch. They now, play good defense. They play hard. Here's here's my question to you: Do you think that in a year that someone does not 
average a triple double the way we're seeing Westbrook or even close to Harden. Does someone like Nikola Jokic ever get a chance to win an MVP? <laughs> Not when Harden's going 30 for 30 on the inflated <laughs> stats. What is with inflated stats? Westbrook has 10 triple doubles in a row, and I think that they don't play any defense anymore. So it's like they're breaking all of Wilt Chamberlain's records. Wilt Chamberlain's records are getting broken every day now. That just means that they can't play defense. So it's like I don't respect any of these stats. And Nikola Jokic is the best player. No, <laughs> but I'd rather have him on my team. Just think about it. He's he's got he's seven feet tall, I think, and he, I mean, he passes, he rebounds, he does everything. But you know, we watch a lot of Harden. If he shot the ball as many times as those guys did, I mean, he could have thirty-five points a game too. But he's on a he's on an overachieving Nuggets team that you've always been a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Nuggets are are they a surprise for you? They're, they're all no, I expected this. I should have. If I would have. Gone and pick myself a coach of the year. You know, I have a text that I sent to Elliot Green. You check that text, Elliot. I said Mike Malone for coach of the year because I've always believed in the Nuggets. <laughs> I've always believed in Jamal Murray. I think that he is a really good player. He's fiery, never backs down from like, you know, Kyrie or any of these other elite point guards when he plays them. And so I've always liked the Nuggets in the way that they pass the ball. I don't even know if Millsap's playing that much. Isaiah Thomas is playing his first game tonight. They still got Michael Porter Jr., who could potentially come back. So. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is even serviceable. They're even an even better team. Right? Are these going to roll about after the All-Star break? They rolled that IT tonight. Nobody noticed. <laughs> That's true. But you have always been a big uh, – was it Gary Harris fan? I think he's – I mean, he plays hard. I just don't think he's as skilled as Jamal Murray is. Not even close. And Jamal Murray is potentially a, a future real All-Star talent. I mean, yeah, I – Jamal Murray is at one of the international players that starts to worry me of at some point, we better make sure we still win the Olympics. You know what? I wonder like what the Australian team is going to look like is they got Ben Simmons. They got Ingles from the jazz. They got, I don't know. They could, they could have a decent they team, have but they're, they're maker. Australia. He's born and raised in Australia. Interesting. Um, and they would also have, um, Oh, we're getting well. No, Andrew Bogut's probably gone, long gone by now. I don't know. He's still around. He might be their their veteran. They pull in, but he won't make any meaningful difference. But the biggest story so far of the NBA season is just like the Lakers. Everybody's following what LeBron's doing. And do you think the Lakers are in the playoffs or out of the playoffs? I think they're in the playoffs somehow, some way. Um, and that's for a different tangent. When I believe that the NBA can be fixed sometimes. Fixed because it's too boring to watch the regular season. Yeah, and you can't have the playoffs without LeBron. Oh, they're going to fix it in so they get LeBron versus the that's Warriors. Just, the that's first. my call. The only reason they get in is because you can't have LeBron sitting out in the playoffs. It's an interesting theory. Oh. Um, speaking of the opposite, so we'll talk about something exciting because you're right. The, the fucking regular season of the NBA at this point right now is just they're rolling out the, the, the talent that I don't want to watch. But I do want to watch some of this March Madness that's coming up. So my question for you is um, you're watching probably the SEC basketball closer than I am. And Tennessee is probably who I think has the best chance to win the NCAA championship this year. Do you think I'm accurate or how is the SEC? Uh, well, he has become one of the toughest conferences in basketball. And I really think that the coaching – so there have been some great coaches that have flocked to the SEC. And the level of play is outstanding. And that being said, I think Tennessee runs away with it. I mean, they are 
They are tough. Um, they shoot the ball well. They hustle. I mean, they are incredible. They just play with an intensity that, oh, it's miserable to to endure as they just pummel the Gators. <laughs> Gators um, have a bad record. I looked before we got on this so I could talk, and I was like, ooh, they're the night suit. There's not much to talk about. No, it's going to be probably the first time that they are a 500 team or even worse um, since to the last four or five years. Yeah, and um, listen – we touched on a little bit of college basketball. We touched on a little bit of NBA basketball. What else is on your mind, Mr. Alphenbein? What else do you want to talk about? We still probably have two minutes and 20 seconds left before it's under 15. Well, I would tell you that, um, you know, one of the things that we love watching in the NBA and then even college basketball is just how the athletes are. But I think we also notice that there are always guys who fundamental basketball, make smart plays, make the right shots, or the big shots in the right moments. And um, as you mentioned, I'm now coaching at a high school level, um, at a varsity level A circuit, and emphasizing doing the little things right has made our teams very successful. And I think it's fun to watch teams like Virginia and like Tennessee who play smart and tough basketball. I really admire that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what frustrates me so much about watching the NBA going on at this time of year where no one plays any defense. No one plays that hard. Yeah. Um, that's something that I think that really needs to take notice in the second half of the all-star break. Um, when March Madness comes out, it's just how hard are these players actually going on a day-to-day -day basis. So I encourage you to, to, to just watch how players come off of screens and watch how they do floor. The NBA doesn't happen anymore. Doesn't happen anymore. Just too many. Yeah, I don't know how to fix it, but college basketball is the most exciting time of the year. Maybe we'll get you on a near podcast oh. in our future for the March Todd, Madness picks. I did Todd. one with Drew last year. He was pretty accurate. He was good. Drew was good last year in his March Madness picks. Todd, I just wanted to make sure before I signed off, are you still riding the Duke bandwagon like you've been since we were kids? Um, I think that Duke will hopefully make the Final <laughs> Four, but I think Tennessee has way more – Veterans, aren't they like a super veteran team with seniors who have been there and they're just – I think Tennessee would beat Duke if it was a championship game. Uh, okay. I'll write down. Yeah, we'll see. It'll <laughs> yeah, probably be nothing close to that. All right, love you, brother. See you.